Welcome to the Man Cave, the only podcast hosted by two best friends with nothing in common except their first names. I'm Mandy Kaplan. I'm Mandy Fabian. And every week, oh, we test the limits of our friendship because we argue over movies and books and, and what's good and what's not and my opinions, which are better than hers. So grab a couch. Let's get to it. Wait a minute, cut this shit. Okay, I think you and I can agree mm-hmm. for the first time. What? All other podcasts besides ours suck. Suck. Yes. Right? Mm-hmm. Yes. Okay. So I have a big bone <laughs> to pick with podcasts in general. Yeah. In that, when you subscribe, as you and I have to many podcasts like Twin Flames or The Dream or any of those, mm-hmm. you get these alerts. A new episode has come out. Yeah. A new episode has come out. Yeah. And you get all excited and you click. And it's just a trailer for a different podcast. Yeah. It is not, in fact, a new episode of your beloved podcast. No updates, no season twos, just trailers for other podcasts. Uh, uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. So because of that, I missed a whole season of You Must Remember This, the yeah, the podcast about Hollywood, Karina Longworth, and she tells stories about the hidden secrets of Hollywood. And I love that podcast. Yeah. But I got the alerts and I was like, I know what this is. This is just other podcasts. I'm not listening. Oh, so I discovered I that I missed a season. Now, the theme of the new season, it's not so new anymore. It's sex, right? Is, yes, 80s, 90s, erotic, erotica in films or how how those films dealt with social norms around sex. Uh-huh. So you did you listen? I haven't listened yet, but I I it caught my attention someone was talking about it on social media and I was like, "Ooh, I want to check that out because I've never I listened to one episode of the regular whatever in an earlier season and it wasn't my thing, but you know I'm notorious for I have to get past the first episode on everything. I'm never just going to watch a first episode of anything. You say that, but you will. No, it's true. So <laughs> I was listening and I learned something and I would like to share it with you and the public because I did not know what Deep Throat was about. Oh, well, okay, we'll share. I think I know, but... Do you know the plot of the movie Deep Throat? No, I don't. I just knew it was a movie. And I thought there was like a... Oh, no, I'm thinking of Debbie Does Dallas. Okay. Okay. Deep Throat's different. Okay. Okay. Deep Deep Throat was the first... X-rated mainstream movie. It went into movie theaters. It made so much money. And then, yes, there were lawsuits and people, you know, they tried to file criminal charges against the filmmakers because it was very X-rated. The plot of Deep Throat (laughs) is that a woman can't enjoy sex. So she goes to her doctor (laughs) and he discovers that she has a rare medical condition where her clitoris is in her throat. <laughs> That's the plot of Deep Throat. <laughs> oh my God. Doesn't that blow your mind that uh, someone no thought of that? And yeah, oh. I mean, I yeah. was, and it it ruined Linda Lovelace's life and all of this stuff. It was not, oh. but the idea, how misogynistic I, is it to think, Oh, we'll make a movie about a woman who can't get satisfaction unless she's deep throating guys. Like it was. <laughs> yeah, but I just see I go the, I go the other way on it because I, I always get really happy thinking of like when somebody somewhere, you know what it's like, man, you've done it. It's like when you get the perfect idea 
You get the, <laughs> you just get the perfect idea. You're like, this is going to kind of make sense, but this is also going to satisfy every fantasy. Like I get to live in a world for an hour and a half where a woman out there can only get off if she's <laughs> if she's giving a blow job. It's pretty tremendous. Yep. To I mean, just, and it's so science fictiony. Oh. You know, it's such a weird. It, yeah, oh. he must have. So, he must have worked on that movie for five years before he showed it to anybody. Just because he's like, wait, wait, I've got a few more ideas for scenes. Um, right. But by years, do you mean minutes? <laughs> five minutes he worked on it. That is so. It's such garbage. Hey-o. And I, I didn't know what it was about. I've always heard, oh, Deep Throat. That was a X-rated movie, but I never knew what it was about. But here's the thing. What was all the scandal? Did they not have pornography when Deep Throat came out? Like, why was it considered a movie? Well, it was released, it was released into mainstream theaters. Oh, jeez. They stopped doing So you could... Yeah. That doesn't happen anymore. Mm-hmm. You have to go to special places. And tell if anybody me. wants the addresses <laughs> of these places... <laughs> Dude, tell me. Where would I where would I go to see one of those, Mandy? This is a great... Yeah. This is a public service announcement on many levels. Wow, that's... You're welcome. Really interesting. I think it's an interesting marker in time that, you know, they were like, maybe the world's ready. You know, we'll just have the X-rated people go to the movie theater and, like, have buttered popcorn and Diet Coke and watch a woman deep-throating gentleman. It's pretty oh, funny. Yeah. Yeah. Wow, that's a really was, good tidbit. It, yeah, I was fascinated. I ran home. I was on my walk and I ran in the door and I was like, Jeremy, <laughs> do you know the plot of Deep Throat? And he thought I was nuts, but I am somewhat obsessed with that thought, with that concept. So it was funny. I love it. Did his eyes yeah. light up? Was he like, oh, I love her after she goes for a walk? Was there ever? <laughs> <laughs> it is my spirituality. It's my re- reset. And my chance to listen to somewhat porny. It's podcasts. wonderful. I'm yeah. I'm gonna have to get on. I'm gonna have to learn how to be alone. I, I like to walk with other people. I do. Oh. I like I always like to I I'll hike with a buddy all day, every day, but I will just I always hate it's like I think I have a self-loathing issue. We can talk about it later. We don't have to go into it right now. But like I I go on a walk and even if I'm listening to a podcast, I swear to God, I get so bored with myself and I can't wait for it to be over. <laughs> Not true if I'm this driving week on a car. on a very special man cave. <laughs> no, you know, like, not if I'm driving a car, if I'm cooking. You know, I've listened to podcasts. I listen to audiobooks all the time, and I love it. It's my special time. But when you combine it with exercise, I'm like, ah, it's not enough to distract me. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you, you mentioned audiobooks, and I'm a huge fan as well. And for our book club, Jeremy chose a book, and I found it on Audible, and I thought, well, I'll listen to it. And it was recorded years ago. And um, she's like, and then the person went into the house and walked up the stairs. And then she takes a drink and puts it down. There was no, (laughs) there was no quality control. There is, it's just a lady in her basement recording it. And I mean, you can hear everything. I can hear kids playing in the backyard. It's unbelievable. And she said, she felt so sad. The inui set in. <laughs> oh no, she didn't. Mm-hmm. Oh mm-hmm. no. Yep. Oh, that's so too bad. Wondering. Audiobooks have come a long way. I guess. So. And if you'd like to hear me narrate them, check me out on Audible. <laughs> <laughs> oh, is that a thing on Audible? Like where you can look up your name and see the books that you. Of course. Oh, I had no idea. Look at that. Oh, go down a rabbit hole. I've done a lot of. Uh, interesting titles. I know you have. Yeah. I. It's like, 
And you're experts on all of them, from what I understand. Yes. Yes. <laughs> it's a wonder. It's why you can make sparkling conversation, because you're an expert on all these subjects. I am. And accents, too. And, <laughs> and, and accents, too. Uh, and it's why my opinions are so much better than yours. Anyway, yeah. uh, so... Is there anything you would like to share or oh. should we dive into what we watch? God, you know, I, I think we can just dive in. I mean, I finished the Randy Rainbow Audible book, which mm-hmm. was really good. And I wanted, um, I wanted, you had a book recommendation I want to share with the Fandies and I also want to remember it. So can you tell me again about the ladies? Killers. Yeah. Killers of a certain age. That's right. Okay. I got it. I'm going to get that and that's going to be my next book and I'll share what my opinions and thoughts on it. Oh, oh, but I have to say something because this is very timely. I just want to hear from yeah. anybody who's watching Succession. I I, I don't know how you can watch that show and not want to just skull fuck everyone at HBO. That's what I'm going to say. I watched that. I watched last night's episode, episode four. Episode three, I didn't love, but it was necessary now that I understand what episode four is. Oh my God, I am loving the show so much. Can't so skull fucking is a positive thing? It is for, for me. It, it, okay. If you watch Succession, you'll get it. Like, you'll okay. understand why that is. that would be like a an act of loyalty and friendship is if you skull fuck somebody. That, I'm telling you, man, Succession is... They're not wrong. It really is one of the best shows on television. Oh my All God. right. Yeah. Anyway, that's why I wanted to get excited about that. Please do come into Discord and talk to me if you want to talk Succession. <laughs> we watched something very different than Succession. Very, very different. Super. We watched the second season of uh, Schmigadoon, which is called Schmicago. And I don't know if there's a proper trailer, but Pete, play what you got. That's the foot. Any pain. What's wrong? That's the foot. Feels like we should be happier. Any pain? I want schmigadoo. Happy people in bright colors. Schmigadoon, where are you? Maybe it's one of those places that you only go once and never return. Oh, like SoulCycle. Schmicago? Very different. Now our heroes enter the city of Chicago. Who is he talking to? At one point, a lot of musicals had narrators. Sorry, go ahead. Really? Do I have your permission? Uh-oh, he's peppery. Clearly, we're in the next era of musicals here. Do we shock you? These musicals are darker. <laughs> with more sex. Oh, yay. And violence. These musicals don't have happy endings. Sounds like someone needs a lesson in the power of happiness. Who wants to get naked? What I need is a lawyer. Once I've worked my magic, no jury will ever convict your hubby, even if he kills again. Josh didn't do it. Uh Uh-huh. In Schmigadoon season one, uh, a discontented couple played by Cecily Strong, who's too pretty, and Keegan-Michael Key, who I love, Mm -hmm. they are... Just they've reached a stale time of their relationship and they are on a hiking retreat and they stumble into a, another world, which is like a 1940s musical. So 
they they stumble in and they can't get their way out until they reconnect as a couple. That's the plot of season one, Schmigadoon. It is a fantastic season... premise. It really is. Like, that's one of those. It it's like a clitoris in the back of the throat. It is one <laughs> of those premises. You come up with it and you go, this is gold. So kudos to and, them. And we did that a few seasons ago, if you want to hear us talk about yeah. Schmigadoon. Mm -hmm. I loved the first few episodes. Then it lost its way. For me. Yeah. But I loved the first few episodes. And I did not like it. Right. Wrong. Anyway, <laughs> season two starts and I'm thinking, how how are they going to do this again? Right. How are they going to get their way back to a different world, which is a musical? Mm -hmm. And by golly, they did it. They did. And I thought they did it well. They established that the couple is now married, trying to have a baby and have found themselves once again discontented. And they decide. Let's go find Schmigadoon. Mm. That's where we were happy. Let's go back there. Right? Yep. And they can't find it, but they stumble into Chicago, mm -hmm. which is the seedier uh, 1970s musical theater world. Yep. And they started with an imitation of Magic to Do from Pippin, the opening number of the musical Pippin, with Titus Burgess. Uh. At the tip top of his game yeah. as the narrator. And they had, the, they, everyone's doing this musical number and they're like, this isn't Schmigadoon. Where are we? And they explain through song where they are. What did you think of how they got in? I I thought it was really clever. I, I, I think the writing is really clever in terms of what, like the, the story, the characters, the idea. I think is so clever. I don't know why. And I and all the performances are great. I it leaves me flat. I don't <gasps> actually care or feel anything and I fall asleep and I don't care. I don't know why. Like, it's not their fault. I think they're doing a wonderful job and I I even know all the musicals and I enjoy all of the ways that they're making fun of it like I get excited when I see you know, oh, that's from Chicago or, oh, that, you know, like, oh, God, that's so Bob Fosse, right? So I, well, I guess that's the same thing, isn't it? He did Chicago. Anyway, but I, so I, I enjoy, I enjoy the idea of it so much, but the actual thing, I don't know why. I, I don't really love, the songwriters are great. They're famous, amazing songwriters, but it's like, it just feels like, why are they singing right now, though, except the fact that it's a musical show. Now they're just doing a number just to do a number. And it's good, but it's like not hooking me in. I'm not, I, I, it's hard for me. To, I love both these performers too, Cecily Strong and uh, and Keegan-Michael Key. Like, I think they're both consummate comedians, but it feels like they're underused. You've used this word a lot when we're talking about things like a missed opportunity. I think they're both mm -hmm. so good and they're just both in the in the position of being very like, they just have to sit there and look like, what What? what are you talking about? And look confused well, they're the straight and men. react all the time. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Although I don't know how many you watched because Cecily Strong gets a kick-ass number coming up. So she they does. will I get... watched two. Okay. Yeah. Because um, I never just watch one anymore. You know what I mean? And bless your heart. <laughs> America thanks you. So <laughs> they, they stumble into this world and they see all these people people that they knew in Schmigadoon. Yes, that's... Alan Cumming and Dove Cameron and Christian Chenoweth and Ariana DuBose. And they're Ugh. like, oh, we know you. Love Remember, her. Mr. Mayor? Remember 
Becky or whatever her Dove Cameron's name was, but those people are now totally different characters. Yes. They are just actors. And this is explained in a great scene. Pete, episode one, if you could play eight minutes and 50 seconds to nine minutes and 12 seconds. Oh, it's the mayor. <laughs> hey, Mr. Mayor. I don't think that's the mayor. Honey, of course it is. Mr. Mayor, it's Josh and Melissa, we're Stop back. It. Would you wave hello to Sutton Foster and the Music Man because you remember her from Thoroughly Modern Millie? I'm guessing no. This is not Schmigadoon. This is Schmicago, which means that is not the mayor. It's someone else. Dreams of fame on the stage. And revenge that's fueled by rage. They explain away with the, well, that's just how musicals are. And it's so funny to me. And I I like that they're just calling out the ridiculousness of what they're doing. Yes. They're not, there's no sincerity in the show. It's all wink, wink. Do you get it? And because it's so inside baseball, I get it. This show was made for me. Yeah. You know, I think that's exactly right. Yeah. And I don't know if it has mass appeal. Well, I know Schmigadoon was not so well loved, but but I got a second season. And there's a, you know, I think there's a very rabid musical theater audience. Obviously, Broadway has stayed alive for all these years, you know. and, and I'm, I, that's, I think, why I'm a little bit like, oh, that's too bad, because I'm a huge musical theater fan. Like, I love it. And I, and I even got a lot of the references. I don't know what it is. Um, and I like, the, I do like that winking at it, you know, that they're, that they're letting me in on the, I, the truth is, I thought the best number in the whole thing was Jane Krasinski when she does her, <gasps> there was something, finally, when she's in the office and she does that number and Cecily Strong comes in to get to get help because my husband, mm-hmm. you know, I need help. That was, it was important to the show. I felt like, like it, it had a moving narrative that that song did. Like it was mm-hmm. part of the story of the show. And I just, I have never seen her. I know she's a musical theater person because I've seen her name on many things, but I've never seen her sing and dance. I didn't know what she was capable of. You didn't watch 30 Rock? I did, but I don't think I saw, I didn't watch it all the time. And I, I knew she, oh. I never saw her sing and dance on 30 Rock. Was she a singer oh. and dancer on that? Yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. yeah, yeah. I didn't see that part of it. I only saw her be funny and, and vain and uh, yes. hilarious. There, she has this knockout punch of comedic performance that, that got me. Well, so Jane Krasinski is playing a lawyer named Bobby, yeah. which is supposed to be Billy Flynn from Chicago. Billy Flynn is an egotist and he's too cool for school. And he's like, just keep your mouth shut. I got it. I'll handle everything. I never lose a case. Yeah. And she is doing that times a billion. Yeah. And she's so sexy yeah. and so over the top. <laughs> I recently said to Jer, I figured out my relationship with Jane Krasinski. Oh, good. That's not, no, Krakowski, Jane Krakowski. Her name is Krakowski. Oh, did I say the wrong thing? Oops, sorry. Yeah. Oops. That's okay. So, um, Do you guys have a Google sheet too? (laughs) (laughs) So on 30 Rock, I think she is beyond hysterical and tonally perfect when she's being vain and obnoxious and a spoiled actress. Yeah. But then they give her serious singing and dancing moments and they give her, uh, they they let her sing a ton on that show. Mm. 
And that's when I'm always like, ugh, now it's just her showing off her voice. It doesn't feel as funny and extra as I want her to be. Uh-huh. This show has made her sing and dance in the over-the-top character way that I want to see. And I think she is perfect. I think everybody's perfection, but she is a scene stealer. Yeah. And and it's fun that they took a very male role and made it her. Oh, yeah. And she is very macho. She's very in-your-face, but she does this massive number in the courtroom that is uh, astonishing, and she's Cirque du Soleil from the ceiling. And I mean, it's just, she is amazing. I don't think I saw the courtroom scene. That must be in episode three or four. I, yeah, I, I think there is. I watched three. I think that's all there were. Okay. I, I enjoyed the back and forth when he's like, no, I really didn't do it. And she's like, doesn't matter if you did it, which is funny. Like she's playing the Billy Flynn. Like I get guilty people off and hush, we won't speak a word. And he's like, no, but I'm right. genuinely innocent. And she's just, right. she keeps acting like he's done it, which is kind of funny. Well, I think where this season succeeds is that there's a plot. They stumble into this world. Yeah. Keegan-Michael Key finds a freshly murdered chorus girl. Yes. And now he's in trouble because everyone thinks he committed this murder. Yeah. And that's more of a plot to dig our teeth into rather than, will they find their spark again? Mm-hmm. That that felt too weak in Schmigadoon. Mm-hmm. But now, how is he going to get out of jail? How is How are they going to get home? It's, it, yeah. you know, it's got more stakes. One of the moments I loved, and this is real deep cut, but in the number Magic to Do in Pippin, and in several 70s musicals, they do this thing where everybody's singing, 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 and then the music gets a little soft, and everybody starts muttering. <laughs> and they're like, hey, welcome to the show tonight. Oh, good to see you. Blah, blah, blah. And it's, you know, 10 chorus people all doing that. Mm-hmm. And they did that, and Keegan-Michael Key goes, I can't, I can't hear you when you're all talking at once. You're all interrupting each other. And it was so funny to me to call that out as such a bizarre 1970s trope of musical theater. Yeah. Well, that's funny because I thought that funny, uh, I thought that moment was funny, but it's probably funnier if you know that that's a thing that they do. Clearly, Mm -hmm. right? Because I was like, that's cute. It was funny because he's funny, but I didn't, I did not get that. So I know the season is very, very inside baseball, which I said before, but it is. And I know that Dove Cameron is playing Sally Bowles. Yes, she is. Yeah. And she's a wonderful singer and dancer. You're not a fan of the acting? No. Oh, I am. It, oh, I think she is perfection. I, I No, I've always loved her in everything. And I see that, you know what, though? I, I, I can't blame her. It's like there's something, it's happening with all of it. There's something about it that I'm not hooking into. I want to, mm-hmm. but I'm not hooking into it. I don't know why. I She's doing, you know, she breezes into their room and she's like, oh, Darlings, you simply must come to my show tonight. And she picks up a little teapot and pours air into a teacup and puts it down. Like, there's nothing in the teapot. But she's so like, I'm on stage the entire time, darlings. And it's, I am loving her performance. I think it's great. What don't you like about it? It feels like if a high school troupe put together, like, let's let's have a nod to all of our favorite musicals. But what misses, what's missing for me is a little bit of the why, which is so dumb, because, like, musicals are just fun, right? But even in a musical, you know, you care about it, you know, you, you're, you're, there's a story that you're, like, invested in the characters, and you 
you you know, you might find yourself crying at a musical or you, you know, there might be a suspenseful moment. But like I it feels like and then we'll just do a song that reminds us of hair. And he'll be a great singer and it'll be like kind of funny that he's in this random cell and he'll do all of the fun. Like he'll be a little bit funny because he's doing a song from hair. But that to me is like a variety show, right? Oh, there's a guy who did a thing from hair. But it's not like it's grabbing me with this. You you know what I mean? Like, okay, she's acting like Sally Bowles, but it doesn't like, why is she? Who is she? Like, what is the I'm not. And maybe it's because the main characters are a little bit like they have a bit of a looking at everybody like, whoa, what? Okay. Like, they're sort of nodding in this way of like, yeah, we get it. Maybe that's it. Like, maybe there's kind of this, I get it. You're because Sally they Bowles, seem a little over on. it. But that, okay. not because they're, I mean, I don't think they, but they kind of are because they're used to it, not in a cynical way, but they're just like. No, and I'm not saying the actors, I'm saying the characters yeah. seem a bit over it. Yeah. Like, we get it. You're Sally Bowles. Yeah. Maybe that's part of it. Maybe like I'm on that train and because of that, and because I'm not getting all of the deep cut references, like, I got that the chair dance was like mine hair, and it was cool, but it's also I'm just watching in a TV show where I'm wanting to know about the story, the characters, like, I'm looking for people to be connecting. Like, I think I want different things out of television. And I will say this is, I think this is interesting, maybe not, but there are many times when they've tried to do musical stuff on TV and film and it hasn't quite worked, right? Mm-hmm. Um because, it, you know, they have figured it out as of late. But, you know, it's the beautiful... You're talking about Cop Rock. You can say it. <laughs> Cop Rock was a, a home run. and We've never been able to replicate it. Um, <laughs> I, I don't know. Maybe there's just something about musicals on television that, like, for me, I, there's, I, I loved Hamilton, but that was an actual musical <laughs> that right. was shot beautifully and perfectly in my mind. And and uh-huh. it was I was in the story of that musical. So maybe there's something about I don't know. I, I don't know. I it's yeah, it's between I, worlds for me. And and to me, when Saturday Night Live does a sketch and it really hits it, and it's a four yeah. or five minute sketch, and everything is the right tone, yes. the right amount of parody, the right amount of laughs. This feels like an extended version of that. But maybe what you're sensing is when Saturday Night Live does a sketch and you're like, oh, that was really funny. Why is the sketch still going on? (laughs) We got the joke, right? Which I think Saturday Night Live is very guilty of a lot. Yes, I think that's probably Most of them are conceptually funny and then they die. Yeah. And but I think for my taste, this is conceptually nailing. Yeah. And the and they keep going back to these tropes that I love. They they explain oh, 1970s musicals always had a narrator. So then Titus Burgess comes out for no reason yeah. and looks at the camera and ends the episode. <laughs> he just looks at it like, don't forget, I'm the narrator. Okay. And he is hilarious at it. Oh, he's... I love him, but you are absolutely right. I think this is I think this is really right because I love all of the pieces of this, but what's missing for mm-hmm. me is this thing that you're talking about. Because when he comes out, I'm like... Well, he's good, and there he is again. But I'm not connected to the whole trope of it, right? Mm-hmm. So I don't th- look at him coming out and go, well, that's completely unexpected and silly. And like, they have an, you know what I mean? I'm coming at it from a, yeah, they had a narrator guy, and he was at the beginning, and he was at the end. But I'm not connecting mm-hmm. it to some larger satire of that genre. Yes. That's what's okay. missing. Yeah, and I, 
it, for me, it's just nailing it. And uh, but now there are. D- didn't ahead. you have musical theater friends that didn't like it? Did you have any people who like love musical theater like you do and 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 weren't fans? Schmigadoon or Schmicago? Schmigadoon, because Schmicago is just a mere babe. We can't. Right. And I said babe. I think um, it's okay to he, say it in that context. Yes, I had. Uh, yeah, I had friends who didn't weren't huge Schmigadoon fans. Um, and as I said, I was mixed because I loved it to start. And then I, if I it, was a musical theater performer, I would I would hate watch it because I would be so jealous because it looks like they're having yeah. so much fun. To me, it's the level of the actors, the level of performances they're getting. They are randomly cramming characters in that make no sense. Sweeney Todd shows up, uh, Alan Cumming. Miss Hannigan shows up, Kristen Chenoweth. With lesser performers, that would feel like, why is Sweeney Todd in this? But, you know, or the demon barber. But they're there. And I don't give a crap about the logic. I am mesmerized by these performances. They're all at the top of their game. But I took them being there as sort of a nod to people saying, okay, so this whole season, we are going to riff on the musicals from this era. That's what I... Yep. So they didn't actually even perform. They were just part of the ensemble in the beginning, right? No, no, no. They perform coming up. Oh, okay. They are very much featured. Yeah, but Um, the reason they had them in the beginning is I thought, oh, we're going to see these type characters, the Sally Bowles and the Miss Hannigan and the... Like, that was mm -hmm. what that was. Yeah, and they all come... They all pay off. Uh, In the season one, I think, you know, I think you and I are both not huge fans of Oklahoma and Brigadoon and State Fair and, you know, the the shows they were making fun of, Carousel. I I mean, I like those music musicals and I know the music, but I'm not going to get little references. I'm I'm not going to get the Easter eggs. This to me feels like a collection of Easter eggs. It's just, uh, did I say that already? No, 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 no. Okay. (laughs) So, but yeah, it feels like that's what it is. Just, did you get it? Did you get it? Did you get it? They're checking into this hotel. And there's a woman drinking in the lobby, and she's not a character. We've never seen her. She's just a drunk old lady. And they say something, and she goes, I'll drink to that. Boom. Done. We move on. Uh, It's fantastic. You know, like, it's for those of us who are gay men, like me, Uh who love musicals and refer to them all the time, it's, it's just... It's nailing it. They in episode two, when Keegan Michael Key's in jail for committing this crime, that Conrad Birdie's in a cell across the way, going, "I didn't touch that girl," <laughs> and that is such a great way to reference that "Bye Bye Birdie" is essentially a musicalized story of statutory rape. <laughs> oh my god! Okay, yeah, I didn't get that. Yeah, and they're like, "Shut up, Conrad. We know you didn't touch the girl." It's just so you know. That's got to be a really tough, a really tough balance in that writer's room of going, oh, we'll have this person say that and we'll have, you know, because they have to service people who are going to get those references and then people who have no idea. And they have to make sure there's enough that's entertaining and will keep people engaged for people like me who are not getting all the Easter eggs, right? There has to be enough for us to keep watching. It feels like they don't care. That's what I, it feels like they're not trying to appeal to the masses. They're just appealing to me. (laughs) This is just a show for me. Look, congratulations. You finally, you got a show on Apple. I mean, I know you didn't write it, but it is, it's yours. (laughs) 
but I but I could write it. Oh. This is a lot of what I do with miscasts. Yes. Uh, coming up Sunday, May 7th, tickets on Eventbrite starring Mandy Fabian and myself and Casey Clavens, my son. It's nodding and winking at things. It's calling out things that are now out of date and misogynistic or, you know, it's got that that modern take on all of those things that I try to apply to miscast. And it's I'm just. I think it's doing it so, so well. And I can't even remember who said this, but somebody said last night my dinner was a candle. And I thought that was really funny. That was hilarious. That was it. There are a few jokes in there that you're like, oh, that's brilliant. I liked that they were doing the uh, we've got to eat when they were doing the chorus line. Stand up, right? We've got to eat. We need to eat, which I think is obviously a commentary on super skinny dancers, right? Uh, Yeah. That was funny. But also that they're unemployed. (laughs) Right. You referenced hair. Uh-huh. And that's Aaron Tveit, who is the dreamiest, um, and he's just perfection. And last season, he was Billy Bigelow last yeah, season. Okay. I forget what they called him. But, and now he's the head of the tribe. And he says, he he's the cellmate of Keegan-Michael Key, and he's singing about, he's talking about getting on the happiness bus. And then there's a literal happiness bus. Yeah. It was not a metaphor at all <laughs> that the hippies pull up in their happiness bus and in hair, there's that song, glitty, glop, glooby, nibby, nubby, newbie, sha la 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 lo. Makes no sense. It's all drug speak. And in this one, they're singing something about their their main song is We All Get Naked Now. Uh-huh. Gotta Get Naked. That's their song. And they're like, glitty, glop, zuko, and kaniki too. And they just like are singing Grease character names for no reason. And then they get naked and Keegan-Michael Key, who's a doctor, is like, I'm seeing a lot of moles I'm worried about. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Didn't you go to college with him, Billy Bigelow? Or you you went? Aaron Tveit. Yeah. I mean, I'm way younger. No, he's way younger. He went to my college. but Oh, okay. Okay. Uh, yeah. Okay. Well, you guys look he's... like you're the same age. Bless your heart. Good night, folks. I'll see you next week. Oh. I'm out. <laughs> he is so dreamy and so talented. It's uh, uh, it's off the charts. And th- what a blessing for him to find something like this. Yeah. Y- you know, where he can do everything he does so well. Because he's a Broadway guy. And I'm sure TV and film are calling. But to me, that would be a waste because he's such a good singer and dancer. He's just perfect. Well, he's on TV. So he's done it. <sighs> right. I wonder if he's good. But I'm saying... Yeah. I'm. But, you know, Jonathan Groff did that series Mindhunter uh-huh, or something, yeah. and he was great on it. But I'm like, I don't want to watch Jonathan Groff play a gritty detective. No. I want to watch Jonathan Groff sing and dance. Yeah. So this is allowing Aaron Tveit to do that. Yeah. And I mm. I only just recently discovered that Jonathan Groff did a version of Seymour in Little Shop of Horrors. I did not know that. Oh. I didn't know that. At one of the revivals, whatever. Did you know that? Mm-hmm. I don't think so. Yeah. Yeah. He's, a, he's yeah. a very good Seymour. <laughs> he's a very good everything. I know. Yeah, he's amazing. These are talented, talented people, as are we at giving things man jobs. Are you ready to oh, give it man jobs? I think we should give it, yes, mandavu rays, baby. Or, like, don't you think we should, <laughs> you know, like a, a mandball change? I think we should give this one mandball changes. Okay, I like it. Well, because it's still got the word ball in it, which is enjoyable. There you go. go. Okay. <laughs> um, I mean, ugh, 
I want to, this is once again, I want to just re-explain to anyone who's listening. We're not experts and we're not critics and we're not reviewers. <laughs> and, and, uh, there's no professional opinion or experience on this whatsoever. I want to love this. And I, and I, I just, it kind of leaves me flat. It's like cute. But if you love musical theater, you can have five of those. And if you're sort of like into musical theater like me, I'm going to give it a three. And I give it a five. Yeah. And I am an expert and a reviewer and nope. <laughs> professional. And yeah, no. I really love this season. I I didn't give five to Schmigadoon, but this season off the charts. I can't wait till the next one. That's great. I know Pete said something that he's watching it. So I can't wait to talk to Pete about it. Well, Pete, when you hear this, call me. Yeah. And just to remind everybody. I'm waiting for the fifth episode of Succession, like my life depends on it. So, and you don't even watch Succession. I don't. So we, you know, that's just different strokes. There are way few yeah. Pottery Rays in Succession. So far. So far. You never know. Oh, God. You're not all the way through the season. Oh, my God. I, I, I don't want to be through the season. I want them to stop right oh. now so I can live in this bliss forever. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Oh, God. I love that show. Um, okay, yeah, that was great. Should we? Okay, well, let's tell everybody our business mm -hmm. that The Man Cave is a production of True Story FM Engineering by the aforementioned Pete Wright. Music by Ian Post. And uh, we are desperate for your approval and attention. Okay. It, and yeah, we... In an unhealthy way. We need your... Right. And we need your reviews. So if you are listening on Apple Podcasts, please leave us a review and a message and you will get a shout out like Mama Simone, who calls us her new obsession. Ooh. And she says we're witty women and the chemistry between the two Mandys is genuine and lovely. Oh, I love that. Oh, my God. I'm thank you, Mama Simone. I'm dying to be someone's obsession. That's great. Um, You're my obsession. <laughs> What would you want me to, do? to make me podcast with you? Um, uh -huh. Yeah. Uh, yes. And uh, if you guys want to join us, we do a little, uh, we have a club called The Fandy. It's super special. You pay five bucks a month as a subscription. It helps us support the show. You go to mancave.com slash Fandy and you get a little pre-show convo and you get birthday messages and bonus content. Um, that we post in Discord, stuff like that. So please do become a Fandy. And also, even if you're a paying Fandy or non-paying Fandy, go to mancave.com slash merch because we have really, really a team of just crackpot graphic designers. Is crackpot good or bad? Is it <laughs> I think it means an insane person. Mm, well, that may track. Um, yeah, so please go and check out the funny merch we have. There's dumb pictures of ourselves and funny phrases and jokes from the show, and you'll love it. You'll just love it. It all supports us and helps us keep uh, discussing and degree disagreeing on everything. This has been the business section of The Man Cave. As always, I have a game. Yes. Recently, when I have set up games for you, you have done unbelievably well. <laughs> and and I don't like yeah, it. Yeah, I know. So I designed this game to trip you up <laughs> and make you feel like an a-hole. That should not be a problem. You know, I come into these things feeling like an a-hole. So it's like not a, it's a pretty short trip to the store. In these musicals that are referenced in Chicago, there are utterly ridiculous songs. As I saying glitty glop glooby from hair, yeah, right? Yep. There are really lame 
titles of songs, or I shouldn't say lame. Mm -mm. There are specifically 70s titles of songs. I'm going to give you the title of a song. Okay. You are going to tell me if it's an actual song from one of these musicals. Okay. And if it is, you get a bonus point for which musical it's from. Oh, okay. Mm Mm-hmm. Or did it come from the the mind of man? Okay, you are right. I'm going to be terrible at this. So sit back and enjoy. Are you ready? As ready as I'll ever be. Okay, first title, Feel the Rhythm, Sing the Rhyme. That's a feel the rhythm. Sing the rhyme. Come oh, so you on know along it. and have a real good time. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know the song, but I don't know what mm-hmm. it's from. Is it from a musical? Let's freak out. Le chic, say freak, freak out. Wait, those are real lyrics? Yes. Feel the rhythm, sing the rhyme? Maybe it's catch the rhyme. Maybe I'm... Because I made it up. Conflating. Oh, it's a real... that That's a real lyric from... Oh, uh, oh feel the rhythm, feel the rhyme. Anyway, I, I, you don't get a point. You don't get a point. Ha, 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 ha. I feel like I do. <laughs> no, no, because it's they are all from musicals and I made it up. Well, feel clearly I'm sing the rhyme. I knew it because I was um, 20 when that song came out in the 70s. So I, that's why I knew it. And you didn't. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, all right. God, the next I one, look good for my age. Always. Mm-hmm. The next song, Sodomy. Sodomy is such a lonely word. Mm. Everyone is mm. going down there. Um, sodomy. Yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know if it's a real song or where it's from, but it feels like maybe I'll say falsettos. Why not? Oh, <laughs> so you think it's a real song from falsettos? Yeah, I do. <laughs> That's my guess. Okay, it's a real song. Okay. It's from Hair. Oh, okay. And it goes, Sodomy, Felicio, Conalingus, uh, Pederasty. Well, that's yeah. dirty. I, that's, I don't yeah. know. That's, that's a dirty song. Why don't you and your deep throat people take that song elsewhere? I'm going to stick over here and ban some more books. Okay. We should make yes. a musical about book banning. That would be fun, Well, you right? are a reverend. Reverend, thank you for remembering Minister mm-hmm. Mandy here to serve mm-hmm. you. Okay. The next song is Sweet Pudding and Freedom. Sweet Pudding and Freedom? That sounds like something from the first season of Schmigadoon. Sweet Pudding and Freedom, that sounds fake. That but I'd fake. say it's the Mark Twain musical <laughs> in your head. It, it, always in my head, yes. yeah. Uh, the next one is I'm a Brass Band. Um, that sounds real. I'll say it's real from like the Music Man or um, Guys and Dolls or um, You're in Town. Real, it's real, and it's from Sweet Charity. Oh, okay. Which they also parodied in this brilliant, perfect show. I never saw it. I don't believe in charity. I don't like charity. Oh, yeah. I love Sweet Charity. Okay. No, I've never, I've never heard it. I I would like to. I'll, I'll listen to it. Yeah. Uh, next song, I'm Abroad, Not a Lady. <laughs> um, I'm Abroad, Not a Lady. Uh, that sounds made up. Is that made up? That's made up. All right. War means peace. <laughs> That's made up. Ah, <laughs> you are good at this. Uh, don't dress your cat in an apron. Ah, don't dress your cat in an apron. 
No, that's made up. That's real. Okay. Gotcha. <laughs> that is from Free to Be You and Me, which is something that I have never heard and oh. escaped my childhood. Yep. I, it was around my childhood, but I don't think I ever really... No, instead, you know what I listened to? The Music what? Machine, which was like a slightly Christian... A uh, popular thing for kids that I listened to over and over again. And my favorite, before you were ordained, before I was ordained, can yeah. you believe it? Yeah. And my favorite song was sung by this turtle, and he sang, "Have <laughs> patience, have patience." And the whole song is him singing really slow about not being in a hurry, and I loved it. And I'll sing the whole thing Aww. for you, not right now, but maybe after the podcast. Everybody, bu- buckle up. <laughs> Um, next song is My My Heart Wiggles For You. Oh, that's a Celine Dion song. I've heard that one. Uh, My Heart Wiggles For You. Oh, <laughs> that sounds fake, too. That's fake. You're doing very well. Pineapple song. That sounds real. Is it from, uh, let's see, School of Rock or South Pacific or... Um, it feels like I a, like where your mind goes. 1776. No, I just saw that. It wasn't there. I don't know. What's the pineapple song? It's from Cabaret. Oh, it is? It I don't is. remember. Yeah. Uh well, so hum a few bars. What it I, I was I don't know it. it the, the older couple sings it. Like they uh, get a pineapple and Well, there you go. Nobody pays attention when the older couple are singing. I we know. all go out to get drinks from the lobby. They're not the exciting right. part of that show. I was in that show. I couldn't I didn't agree remember more. That song. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I was. I was a Kit Kat girl. Of course you were. I love it. Mm-hmm. I've never done cabaret, but I am available. Oh my god! I if got anybody in great wants to come shape. see Miss Cast on Sunday, May seventh, that's yeah. my audition. Let's just put it on. I think we should do a mandaray. <clears throat> okay. Uh, of of older. Yeah, just the two girls. of us. Yeah. <laughs> um, the Swizzle Do Rag. What if we called it flabberet? <laughs> I'm in. I'm so in. Okay. Oh, or cabernet. Yeah, cabernet or crabberet. Okay. Um, sorry. What was that? Swizzle sticks? Yes. The swizzle do rag. It's real. It is fake. Okay. Well, I just sounds... thought it would be funny to combine two weird words and put and make them a rag. You did a wonderful job. It's like my character Tubbard Bubber Glubber. Right. Uh, ladies in their sensitivities. Wow, is that real? That sounds real. That's a real. A person could develop a cold. I don't know why it's that... from Sweeney Todd, though. Oh, okay. I saw uh, it. Don't remember it. And then w- the last one is, you're a nice place to be. Yeah, that sounds real. But wait, where's... What's that musical... What's that... Mu- that person could develop a cold. What's that from? Guys and Dolls. Oh, okay. That's right. Now I remember. Yep. I win. I got it. Yeah. Adelaide's Lament. Uh, yes. You You're a Nice Place to Be is not real. Oh, it um, sounds totally real. It is a quote from Jeremy's past where <laughs> a girlfriend once told him, you're a nice place to be. <laughs> oh, that's actually really sweet. Is she a uh, songwriter by ridiculous. any chance? <laughs> it's not ridiculous. It's very sweet. You're a nice place to be. That's great. Oh, <laughs> uh, well, you got Eight points. Oh, do I continue? Can I get a stuffed animal? Yeah, well, I'm amazing. I mean, I'm just naturally. Next time you come over, just take one from Casey's bed, whatever you want. (laughs) That's your prize. Oh, I'm very familiar with Casey's bed. What? Oh, boy. Oh, dang. I did it. There she is, folks. Good night.
It's a callback to our pre-show. Oh, so that if you're pre-show? like, where did that come from? <laughs> you got to become a Fandy, everybody. Mancave.com slash Fandy so you can get all of the inappropriate, highly inappropriate stuff. Highly inappropriate. Oh, my God. I can't wait for my speech at the wedding. Okay. Yeah. Um, well, great. That, oh, gosh. Now I have to assign you something. Okay. Yes. Look. Uh, clearly. I I know how much you love Chicago, and I did not. And so mm-hmm. it's been a while since I've done something really mean to you. Um, and but to- I'm so glad because I have something <laughs> in the pipeline that I am dying to torment you with. Okay, God. Yeah, today's the day. I don't even know if I'm going to love this as much. Like, who knows, right? I haven't watched mm-hmm. any of it. Sometimes I cheat a little bit and I watch something and I'm like, ooh, I'm going to assign this to Mandy because I want to talk about it. But this time I actually haven't watched it. I just know it exists. But I, I'm pretty sure you're going to hate it. And it's, I hope it, I hope you can watch this. Tiny Beautiful Things on Hulu. Catherine Hahn. Yeah, it's Catherine Hahn. Okay. I, I love Catherine Hahn. I don't know how you feel about her. Me too. Okay, yeah. great. But it's a book by, um, Tiny Beautiful Things was a book, that book of Dear Sugar Advice that uh, um, the woman who wrote, Cheryl Strayed's book. Okay. So she wrote Wild, right? Yeah. But Mm -hmm. she also was an advice columnist. And the truth is, it is one of the most beautiful books you're ever going to read in your life. Like it's, she gives beautiful advice for people that are going through things that you cannot imagine how anybody would ever navigate it. And somehow she writes these beautiful essays that make you go, oh my God, the world is going to be okay. So we'll see about that. Really one of my favorite books. I have no idea how they made it into a series, but it's very emotional and very... um, and I think you're good because you're a robot. I think you're going to yeah. hate it. So we'll I'm, see. I'm planning on it. <laughs> <laughs> but I can't wait to rave about it while you go get coffee next week. <laughs> Great. I love coffee. <laughs> All right. And I love you. I love you. See you next week. Bye. 